welcome to the Full Circle Podcast with Julie, Glenn and Phil. Hello, I'm Dawn Kinsella and I'm from Glastonbury in Somerset, also known as the Sacred Isle of Avalon, and you are listening to the Full Circle Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Dawn. Um, What a fantastic Mm. episode that was. Certainly was. Um, Who knew that we knew a little bit about quantum physics? Oh, fascinating subject. Well, Dawn knows about quantum physics. She does. Mm. Yeah. But what a fantastic episode. That was, th- I've thoroughly enjoyed recording that. Yeah, full of really, you know, useful content as well that you can apply in your everyday life really mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. And out of that has birthed some, uh, let's say it's birthed some uh, more new beginnings uh, for the podcast and for universal alchemy, really, hasn't it? Yes. Well, so mum's nice. the word, but it's certainly there's an energy that's working behind that, isn't there? Mm. So, yeah. Uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. It's funny how the universe works. But mum's the word. Mum is the word. Manifestation. <laughs> yeah. No, mum's the word. Not I always thought, thought, it was, <laughs> thought it was Greece was the word. Greece, Greece is, is the, the word. word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, here we go. We digress. <laughs> we had a, a mad five minutes in between, didn't we, recording the, the live Facebook video. Yeah, mm. I've already had messages saying, really enjoyed it tonight there. It was great energy. Oh, about the video we've yes. just posted. Wow, yeah. oh, fantastic. Oh, right, okay. Mm. Didn't think anybody had seen it yet. but They have, yeah. That's Friday night daft update. The daft, <laughs> the daft update is <laughs> a new title. Yeah. <laughs> And oh why not? dear! Lightens yeah. the energy, doesn't it? Yeah. <coughs> we've got another. Uh, without without further ado, we've got another wonderful guest, um, close friend of yours, Julie. That's correct. This evening, yeah, waiting in the wings. Um, and this guest has a plethora of gifts and uh, modalities, healing modalities, and um, what not. So um, we've got. Uh, psychic and intuitive energy healer, sound healer, um, um, organizer of different spiritual events and retreats and gatherings, director of Elevate Your Mind. Please welcome Diane G. Welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome, Diane. <laughs> I did forget to say spiritual life coach and teacher and healer as well. <laughs> Just shoehorn that in. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. Welcome. You are more than yeah. welcome. And thank you for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure. It is. It's really lovely to be here and to, to share. Um, yeah, and to share some of my journey with you. Mm. It's, it's lovely that um, we, we managed to have five minutes of you in Manchester at the Mind, Body, Spirit mm. with White Light Events yeah. um, back last year. It was, was last it year. October, was it wasn't it? November or October? I can't remember. But yeah. <laughs> what a fantastic day, though. And it was lovely to meet you then, Deanne, as well. So It, it was great to meet you all. It was yeah. a, I really enjoyed that, actually. really enjoyed doing that live interview. It was It was great fun. Yeah, it was unexpected to see you. I mean, I know you go to a lot of the events, but it was great to actually be there, you know, closer to where I, you know, I came from before and, and meet up with you after quite a while, isn't it? You know, on and off. Yeah. Yeah, it was lovely to, to just literally walk into you, actually. At the door. <laughs> we did, didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I was kind of out of my area, really, as well. But, yeah, what a brilliant day. I've got yeah. to say, Diane, with all that list of skill sets there, how do you manage, manage it all? Crikey um, me. Yeah, great question. Well, <laughs> it's, it's been um, an ongoing journey, really, of discovery, self-discovery. Um, I started my spiritual path very early on. When I was um, six, I had my first spiritual awakening. Wow. But 
as a really young child, I already had healing gifts. Um, they were just, they just came naturally to me. I used to be able to fix my mum's neck and back. I'd know where the pain was. Um, yeah, I'd got this intuitive gift. And obviously, as I grew up and things evolved, I was able to use that more and more and fine tune it and uh, and then get qualifications to prove yeah. <laughs> that yes. I could do it. And that was really the, the main reason um, for that was to, so that I could be taken seriously yeah. as a healer. I think many, many healers end up doing that for one reason or another. Mm. Yeah, I can so relate to that. It's a lot that. of dedication, I assume, to, to get that certification in, as well. Yeah, um, I, I think my life has has really been a, a dedication in itself, a big commitment to my journey, to to my my gifts, um, and to also be sharing them with others and helping others on the way as well. I've done a lot of uh, running events, various different mm-hmm. events, and mentoring people and doing healings and one-to-ones with people to help them through their own uh, trials and challenges and difficulties with with their own gifts and um, the spiritual work as well as other more personal things. So, mm. yeah, um, when I was seven, I actually went to live. I don't know if you've heard of mm. Osho. Um, he was uh, called Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh um, originally, and I went to live on his commune in America when I was seven. Wow. Um, okay. I, I don't know if you've heard of the Wild Wild Country documentary, but it was based on that. Um, I've yeah. not, I've not heard of that, but no. um, but if if you can, can you tell yeah. us about? Can you tell can, us about? Yeah, tell us about that experience. Uh, yeah, sure. So before I went, I actually had uh, a spiritual awakening at school. So I, I, looking back now, I feel like. You know, nothing's ever wasted in life and everything. Mm. I feel it seems that everything follows on from the last thing. There's always these threads that move through everything. Mm. So when I ended up in America, looking back now, it seemed like that was my time of integration with what I'd experienced, even though I was very young. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I went to live with my family, although I didn't spend much time with them, which is the irony, um, in the middle of the Oregon desert. So um, we were surrounded by kind of mountains um, and wildlife. And I actually spent three months uh, sleeping in an A-frame in the middle of the, the kind of wilderness that we were in. Mm. Um, yeah, it was quite an adventure. I spent a lot of time on my own. And connecting with nature around me, we didn't have any street lights. So at night, the stars were just incredibly beautiful. Mm. You could see the whole mm. sky was lit up, which always used to fascinate me. I just found it really beautiful. Yeah, um, and I found a rock one day, uh, and I knew there was a crystal in it. And I asked one of the the lads there <coughs> if he knew anyone that could open this rock, and we managed to get somebody to um, to open it up and inside was a crystal, which was really quite amazing. Mm. So the wow. rocks had crystals in them. <laughs> wow. Can I, yeah. ask, can I ask what, do you, what can crystal? you remember what crystals there were? Mm. Um, in that particular one, I think it was quartz crystal right. that yeah. I found. Yeah, it was like an egg-shaped stone, but I knew there was something in it. It was quite big, actually. Mm. Uh, and I was amazed when we... we we got somebody to cut it open that there actually was something in there. I, I kind of felt it. Yeah. And I think that was my, one of my gifts is, uh, from a very young age was being able to feel things around me and see things in a different way. I didn't realize it was different at the mm. time. Mm. I just thought, you know, everybody was like me, but that soon became quite evident as time went by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the case. Yeah, quite a responsibility for such a young age, seven, and you know, sleeping out there under the stars and uh, having that alone time there as well. Now, for most people, 
they can't do that in adulthood. So to do that in childhood, that that's quite mm. a bit un, big undertaking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I was with my two sisters in the A-frame. We okay. we shared it together. I was seven, and my other two sisters were six and four. Um. So. Yeah, it it really was quite an unusual um, experience. Mm. They they actually both worked on a farm there together. So they went out every day and did that. And I was supposed to be working somewhere, but I often didn't go. I just went off <laughs> and did my own thing. I went and sat by the river and, and just be- wandered around. <laughs> than working. Yeah. yeah. At four and six. Yeah, I mean, a seven-year-old, it, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't much that was going to make me focus on anything I wasn't interested in mm-hmm. uh, so yeah <laughs> that you know it sounds like a it sounds like a fabulous journey for for an adult let alone a child doesn't yeah. it yeah would uh, you get would you go uh, back and do it again that's a great question I mean I guess as a seven-year-old I didn't really have a choice it was what was you What's know happening. an experience mm-hmm. that was handed to me by my family and their choices yeah. um for me, it was a good experience, but I know other people that went didn't have great experiences. So everybody had something quite different being there, mm. and not all of it was good. So I'm not sure, really. I mean, it 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 made me part part of who I am. So mm. I I wouldn't take that back. I you know I'm happy with with everything that I've experienced and yeah. where I'm at now. So. I wouldn't be where I'm at now without that. Without that experience. Mm. Yeah. So, it, all of these things that have happened to me in my life have really brought me here. Um, there's no doubt about that. I can see it all so clearly now. I'm a, I'm a lot older it's as well. Good, it's good that you see that, um, you know, see the, the lessons, the blessings in the situation. Because there's some people yeah. out there, and I'm not judging by saying this, that will say that why me? Why has that happened to me? And they they just yeah. see you know the the lower base frequencies in the experience. So it's nice yeah. that you've you've turned mm. that around and you've you've kept said, it positive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, you know that's. I've always been even through the most challenging times. I've always been quite positive. To be honest, I've always looked <laughs> at the the bigger picture, yeah. as it were. I've always tried to look at what, you know, if this is happening, there must be a good reason for it. And it's mm. got to yeah. be leading me to something. Something better. else. Yeah. 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 And something more expansive. And I know often in life when we're expanding into more of what we are, it can be painful. It can be difficult. And, and sometimes we can have everything can be taken away from us so that we can almost live a new life as well. Yeah. That's happened to me a few times. So. Yeah, I, I do see the gifts in, in the challenges and the difficulties. And I'm human, you know. I have yeah. My moments where <clears> I would be, <throat> one example, not too long ago, sitting on the floor crying my eyes out, wondering what on earth I was going to do. And it's it's really those moments and, and being able to accept it. Yes, feel it. Yes, understand things can be very difficult for people. And yeah. we have these challenges but that if we can actually somehow find it within ourselves to surrender, to just just surrender to what's happening and not try and fight it, then somehow life opens up a bit more and we you know, we can move forward in mm. in a, a more powerful place, to be honest, when we when we realise that things are happening for us and not not to us often. Mm-hmm. It's letting go, that. isn't it, yeah. as well? Letting go yeah. of something that you can't control because it's making the way for something new, isn't it? Absolutely. I love that yeah. philosophy mm. of things happen for us and not to us mm. or mm. even through us yeah. and yeah. not to us. Yeah. Because everything, well, we create everything that happens to us, don't we? Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. So how did you, um, obviously you're very natural with your spiritual gifts and abilities. Mm. Um, so what led you on the path after that experience? You know, were you experiencing anything um, spiritual that led you to develop that further? And if, if 
that was the case? Did you develop in a circle or how did you harness your abilities, your natural mm, skills? That's a good question. Yeah, so, so what happened while I was living in America, which was only for three months, I must add, as a seven-year-old, was I learned wow. meditation. I learned how to meditate. Um, it came very naturally to me and I think it became a tool that I had. Mm. I didn't, I kind of wrought it out of the toolbox every so often. Mm. I wasn't obviously very committed to it. I mean, probably for that three months I was. And then when I came, when we came back to the UK, definitely it wasn't something that I focused on. Um, but as I got older, I, I, I kind of started to draw on those skills um, and abilities. And sometimes they got pushed to one side for one reason or another. Yeah. And then I would find a way to access them again and to use them and to, um, to be more conscious with them, you know, more committed with them. That's not really the right word that I'm looking for, but I guess to honor them. Um, and I would say I spent some time in my 20s really trying to figure out who I was. And, you know, I, I had my son. After I had my son, I went on another journey of self-discovery through being a mum and being mm. totally committed and dedicated to him. And mm. I, I really did leave my spiritual uh, stuff and put it to one side and then with mm. the breakdown of that relationship that was a massive catalyst for me to um, confront loss because the loss of the relationship really helped me to look at grief and look at who I yeah. was what I wanted in life what I wanted to do mm. um, and it was a gradual thing and it, it, it started with a lot of internal pain that was a trigger for old pain and old wounds mm. and trauma and all kinds of things that I had been carrying around with myself um, and not realizing somehow either. And that triggered all of that and it opened yeah. up. And then I started to look within more and more. Um, and I think because that relationship wasn't supportive of my spiritual gifts and, yeah. and abilities, it it was also necessary for that to fall apart in yeah. order for me to find the path that I needed to be on. Mm. Um, and again, at the time, it was so painful. I had no idea that this whole world was going to open up to me. At, at the time, I felt like that was my world and that was, that, yeah. and I, I clung mm -hmm. on to it, you know, I was holding was on to it. Yeah. Mm. Um, it took a while to, to really let go and really allow what needed to come through and what needed to present itself to me. It's like a reinvention of self, isn't it? You've got mm. that opportunity to start again and it's, it's mm. so exciting, but yeah, it can feel a little bit intimidating at the time whilst yeah, you're going scary through that. As well. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, I was um, in my, I was 27 um, on my way to 28. And I'd left a partner at home. I had nothing, basically. And I had an 18-month um, baby boy who was absolutely beautiful and the center of my universe. And, you know, it was finding my way through that journey because nobody knows how to be a mother until you've mm. given the opportunity to have a child. And then... There's no rule book, there's no guidebook. You have to figure it out as you go along. And I was very independent and trying to heal from this broken heart and trying to make changes in my life, trying to really create a life that I actually really wanted because at that point, I think there was so much that I wasn't sure of and that that wasn't fulfilling me really. Um, I didn't even know that at the time. It was mm. just this feeling of I'm not really that happy. Um, so what happened from that was 
I remember it very clearly. One day I was just sat in my lounge and the sun started streaming through the window and I decided to meditate. I just put my, across my legs, sat in the sunshine coming through the window and I think it was springtime. Um, so it was the, the light was just changing and there was a feeling of hope and, and that's what I was focusing on. And the light came through and it hit me and I went into this meditation and it was like the, something just flicked within me. And it was like, yeah. now the world can open up. Now there can be more than these four walls. And, and then there was a, a series of awakenings, if you like, after that. Um, and I started to, um, I went to do a complimentary therapy course at Stafford University. Yeah. That was part of it. Mm -hmm. I'd forgotten the part when I was 21, I started my journey with Reiki, mm -hmm. which was unusual uh, as a 21-year-old, and that was kind of in the middle of all of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, and I moved around a lot when I was younger as well. Um with my parents and then also I chose to live in lots of different places on my own in my my teens and and 20s so life was is never really being dull it's been a, a, a real adventure even up to this point I feel like I've done so much um you could say that you follow mm. your instincts yeah you're free spirit aren't mm. you yeah I yeah. am yeah. a free spirit yeah, yeah. um it's a great way of wording it and I've always followed my heart I think when I when I had my son and we were living together and I was really, you know, he was growing up, I put roots down. And that was the first time I'd ever done that. Um, because prior to that, I'd always, I'd always moved around. So that was quite a different thing for me to be in the same place for so long. was so unusual. Yeah. But it was also very necessary. I needed to do that so that he could have roots and he could figure out what he wanted to do. And, mm. And that was the other thing. I've, I also was a football mum for years. Um, okay. I managed my son's mm. football career as a, as wow. a young boy yeah. um, and helped him with his choices and got him to various different academies and helped him, you know, progress and, and really focus on his career and, and what he wanted to do. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's not an easy task, is it? Not Being a football mom. No, I'm not a football no. mom, but I'm a football dad. But um, <laughs> but it's a, yeah. but it, that takes a lot of time as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Well, it was, an, it was an interesting journey because I was doing my complementary therapy uh, foundation degree. He'd got into Wolverhampton Wanderers Academy. Wow. So I was going to college all day, then going to school, picking him up. He was getting changed, and then we were going to football for the evening, and then I'd drive home. And we did that for... For years, didn't you? Five and a half yeah. years, That's yeah. I was only at uni you. for, I think, nearly three of those years. But, yeah, it was very intense. And then, of course, there was even more. Like, I mean, I could talk about that. That whole book in itself, my son's life so far and his his experiences so he'd got his career and i'd got mine and i was literally juggling the two and mm. trying to fit everything around both of us what he needed and what i needed and yeah. it was yeah it was an interesting um it's been worth it though hasn't it because he's done really well hasn't he yeah, yeah he has done really well he's having a break at the moment from football but he yeah he got his um he got player of the year. He got a two-year um, professional contract at Port Vale two wow, years ago. Fantastic. Um, he he did, you know, he did phenomenally well. Um, and then we had sort of twenty twenty, and and everything changed for him quite quickly. Yeah. Mm. And now he's having a bit of a break, but he's he's an incredibly talented, gifted footballer, and if he chooses. Uh, you know, it has to come from him. But if he chooses mm. to continue on that path, I'm sure that there is more success available mm. for him if he wants it. Um, yeah. But I also, I also really understand it's very, uh, it's a challenging path mm. for footballers. There's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of emotional turmoil. There's a lot of unknowns, and um, 
I think commitment can be very difficult, especially as as, as a teenager. It can mm. be hard to keep that focus. Um, so, yeah, if there are Watch any space. football mm. mums or dads listening, <laughs> yeah. I, I think, yeah. you know, just, just let them have fun. That's the most important thing because yeah. it can get very serious very quickly and then sometimes the fun can come out of it for them. Yeah, yeah we're at that stage now where um, it's becoming a little bit more serious as they get older. Um, I mean, Logan's uh, coming up to 12 this year and it's starting to get a bit more competitive mm. rather mm. than them just playing football for fun as yeah. a team. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah. Different phases. And I want to go back because, uh, Deanne, you've talked about a series of awakenings and yeah. it just made, I had an internal chuckle that very often we talk about our awakening don't we mm -hmm. but f all of us Several, have had it? a series of awakenings haven't we but we don't really say that we, we talk about an awakening don't we yeah. but it's, more it's always it's always a series of awakenings and dips and um depression and all that sort of stuff isn't it really very much so yeah, very much so. It's, it really is a journey. Um, you know, there isn't really an end point as such. It's the case of a deepening into a spiritual self. Do you, you mean you're say. not? Do you mean you're not awakened yet, Diane? <laughs> <laughs> no, Great no. Question. Yeah, definitely. It is. It's uh, each each. Each awakening like layer, takes, you, takes you to the next level down. It's like removing yeah. that onion layer, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, in the spiritual sense, I would say, you know, there's, there's, there's no more knowledge for me to gain in that respect. Mm. Um, it's more the bodily experience for me now. It's more learning how to embody uh, the spiritual aspects and to live this very human life with all the human challenges that that brings as a deeply spiritual uh, being, really. Um, mm. I mean, my awakening, one of them specifically in, in 2013, that was very cataclysmic for me. It brought down all ideas and identity and very much the kind of classic nobody here, <laughs> uh, non-dual uh, perspective mm. of life. But what I've come to understand, because I went, I really was very much in that um, environment surrounded by a lot of non-dual teachers and it was the way that I was thinking and following at the time. But I just began to really bring in the the human dual aspect and, and bring the two things back together again over time. And now I don't really even speak about it so much, to be honest. It mm -hmm. it's it's there and if you know, on, on occasions like this, if somebody wants to interview me or whatever, I will mm. share it. it. Or if I'm yeah. doing an event, I'll share it. But it's it's not really like it was before where I was speaking about it a lot more and mm. and kind of going into everything in detail. It's just it's just a part of who we all are. I was going to say, mm. with, with that wealth of knowledge there and experiences that you've gone through, did that sort of um, catapult you into being a coach and a spiritual teacher, you know, sharing uh, some of those experiences to help others? Yeah, I think the the point where that really happened was again in 2013 when I had that second uh, awakening experience. Yeah. I, I, I'd gone into a period of bliss in 2012 and that was through deep suffering and asking for, I, I asked God to show me another way. And within a, a few hours, and I can't even give you the time span, I went into a, a state of bliss which lasted uh, something like 12 months and then in 2013 I went into uh, another state which was um, 
is a podcast in itself, really. <laughs> Bless you. Experience. Well, that sounds like a part two. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll cut that short. But basically what that led me to was realising there was something very important for people to remember about who they are. Mm. And from that, I'd already started some groups. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Dawn. Dawn, Gibbon. yeah. 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 Lovely Dawn. Dawn Gibbons um had bless her, she's she's no longer with us. Pastor. She yeah. gave me an opportunity to be uh the kind of the spiritual uh leader of some spiritual events at, at her her space. She invited me to do them there. She was she was she was actually looking for somebody to run spiritual events and then we met and I just ended up being the one she was looking for so i did that for five and a half yeah. years that's where i met you wasn't it it yeah. was yeah. julie yes you came to those which is amazing so <laughs> i did those for five and a half years yeah and great great time. they were in an incredible source of growth wisdom massive change for people that came to them there was all kinds of magic that happened um so Yes, in 2013, I'd started these events in 2012, and then I'd had this shift in 2013, and it, and it took me a while to integrate it, I have to be honest. I didn't really know what the heck had happened to me, and it took me a while to really integrate the experience and then realise, well, it wasn't even a realisation. People started to come to me. People just started coming to me. There were some very strange things happening around that. People would hear my voice. They'd see me in dreams. Uh, all kinds of very bizarre things. And then people would come to me and need my help. And they would sit with me. And then they would have these awakening, uh, remembering rather, experiences and remembering who they were. And I knew that that was the work, that I, you know, another aspect of this work that I was here to do then. So it wasn't so much I set out to be to a spiritual it, yeah. teacher. Mm. It wasn't yeah. that like, you know, give like me a some natural... training and then call myself a spiritual teacher. It was going through the nitty gritty, going through the awakenings, going through my own private hell quite a few times, uh, you know, going through dark nights of the soul, having these massive shifts in consciousness remembering the truth of who I was and then realizing that everyone who, who, around me who was suffering needed this, needed to remember, you know, they needed this mm. opportunity to be able to remember who they truly are and somehow coming and, and sitting with me was giving them that opportunity. And again, I didn't, it wasn't even an intention. It wasn't something I was setting out to do. And the way people were coming to me was very, very unusual. Like I say, hearing my voice and, and seeing things or I'd be in a dream or whatever. And, I, and they'd yeah. ask me, and I'd be like, I have no clue how that's happened. It's nothing to do with me. Like, <laughs> it's a whole other realm of, you know. Is that um, how the, the women's circles and the gatherings that you orchestrate came together from, yeah, from that energy yeah. there? Yeah, it Could, was very much wanting to... I guess my my realization was, you know, partly to help people with their suffering. Yeah. Um. I you know not not thinking oh I can resolve it or I can get rid of it or anything, but if people could just if they could remember this peace that's within them, then even all the difficulties that we go through, mm. somehow they can they can find that that peace in the center mm. of the storm back to and, oneness and I, yeah. you know i think that's just really what i wanted to you know try to hold that space for people so that they could that was your calling that. wasn't it you're calling really mm. a natural transition into that uh, modality there and there were some great times there wasn't there at blissland oh absolutely know. amazing the people that used to come to the event i mean i yeah. literally had no fear i would ask people from <laughs> anywhere you did yeah. And, and I'm talking America, yeah. France. All over wow. the place. They came to stay with you as well, didn't they? Australia. Wow. Yes, they all came to stay with me. My little, yeah. my little house that I had then, it was often the case that they'd have to stay with me, really. So 
I often got to know them, um, you know, and we'd, we'd spend some time together and yeah, it was a really, you know, a really beautiful, evolving something. And again, mm. you know, if I hadn't, and it does come back to that relationship split, if that hadn't happened, mm. all of that wouldn't have opened up to me because that relationship couldn't have held that for me. No. It was impossible. So that had to be the catalyst for me yeah. to be able to In move away. In many ways, you're, you're creating foundations and blueprints for new communities to evolve from your influence there. And mm. opening yeah. your home up to strangers is yeah. a wonderful gesture in doing that. And yeah. you must now have some wonderful friends around the world. Yeah. That's, that's a really good um it's a really good way to look at it i think you know a lot of time has gone by since then and i've lost touch with a lot of people mm. and i've also seen a lot of changes with a lot of people that that came to the events mm. um i think one of the things that that you did touch on about the events was it did catalyze all the people creating their own things there was mm. a ripple effect from those events yeah and I knew sure. they were special at the time, but I can really see how how special they they actually were now because of yeah. the way it's affected everybody's lives in so many different ways. And not only that, it also changed my life, and I I also grew through them. So I used to run the meditations at the events. I really got my comp dawn. Bless her, she just encouraged yeah. me. She did. She used, she used to, yeah. and me. <laughs> She encourages everybody, didn't she? Yeah. yeah, absolutely amazing lady. And um, she would say, you know, are you going to speak? You know, these are your events. Are you going to speak <laughs> sometime? <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, I suppose I should really, because what I used to do was organise it and let everyone else speak. Speak, yeah. Sit there and really not say very much at all in the hope that nobody would ask me any questions. Um, but obviously, as, as things evolved i evolved and and i got more confidence and I, I started to really take uh some kind of ownership over what i was you know creating and speaking up a bit more and and then that led from me doing the the meditation to actually giving darshan which is an energy exchange i was um, just gonna ask that because i was just yeah. i was just uh going through got some notes in front of me and i thought Darshan, Darshan and energy healing. Uh, and uh, if you would, because I don't think many people are aware of that, that energy. Exactly. Um, yeah. Can you go can into you it more Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, so through a series of events, through visions that I had, um, so it might sound really odd, all of this, but I'm just going to share it anyway, because maybe people will understand it on some in some way. Go for it. So. Uh, quite a few years ago I went to see Mother Mira uh, my mum actually wanted to go and see her and so we went together and I was going for my mum I hold my hands up here really I was doing it for my mum <laughs> I wasn't actually that bothered but as it was um, it was quite interesting we actually got given seats right near the front which I thought was unusual because I was fully expecting to sit with everybody else and we didn't and I, I still don't quite know what what that was about um but i had a vision that she came to me and you know she wanted me to to do this work and also our show came to me and the same thing and i i actually ignored it i thought this is crazy who am i to be doing this you know it's not this is what uh, teachers in India do it's not mm. the kind of thing I would be doing um but again what happened was people asked me people were finding me on I don't know how they were finding me but they were just finding me on uh Facebook and messaging me and asking me if I could give them darshan if they if they could if I could give them a spiritual name and it was it was too much of a coincidence for me to ignore it because I had been trying to ignore it, but these things were happening. I was like, okay, maybe I should take this a little bit more seriously and and um, follow these signs that I'm being given. Mm. 
Um, and I'd always done energy healing anyway. I'd always been a healer. Um, I'd always was always holding a lot of energy, experiencing energy wherever I went. And I did think that most people had that. And I realized again over the years, talking to various people, they didn't have that. It wasn't their experience to go into a room and be able to feel everything that was going on. So as through my own spiritual journeys, and I think specifically through my awakening, I began to embody more of the fullness of the being that I am. And so holding that space of presence for people to drop into their deepest self also meant that then I was holding this energy and I was able to give an exchange of energy to anybody who wanted to receive it or anybody who decided for whatever reason they wanted to come and see me so I then started to yeah it started to, to evolve from the meditation to offering the darshan which was the the energy exchange and then profound things were happening with people who were receiving the darshan they were having deep spiritual awakenings so it was another clue to, for me to carry on and to know that I was doing what I'm here to do and as odd as that is you know western woman giving darshan at events in Congleton you know it you couldn't make it up really it's certainly not anything that I would have ever expected to be doing um and hello yeah yes we're we're still here we're listening and it just seemed very important to be doing that and yeah. I was I actually um I had a, a few readings with psychics who who said that you know this is what I'm here to do and that the darshan is a form of protection for people so mm. it helps to protect them against things that have been yeah. happening in the world yeah. Uh, that's another whole other conversation but and so I'd found myself going around to different places doing this uh, giving darshan giving these healings and um, and at mind body spirit events in different places doing my own events at my women's groups mm-hmm. um, and it was just yeah it just felt like a an important natural very natural thing mm-hmm. and People were responding to it really well yeah. and having these deep spiritual experiences and remembering who they were and changing things in their lives and, you know, dare I say it, having healings and all kinds of things. Mm. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not saying this from a an egotistical perspective or um, what's the other word? Yeah, from from the ego, it's just it's just saying what what's evolved. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it has been huge for me to accept it. To you know, to and also there've been times in my life when things have been so crazy, and I'm like, who am I to be doing this when my life's a mess? But but this is the truth of the matter. It mm. you know, our lives don't have to be perfect yeah. to do the work. We we're, we're here. If we're chosen to be here to do this kind of work. I agree. It, yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter. As long as you're humble going. and you're doing it yeah. from the right place, from the heart, and there is no ego because there's no yeah. place for an ego, is there, with this kind of work, really? No. Well, when you really. answer the call, the path is shown to you, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's beautiful. I just wanted to ask, Diane, yeah. you, you, you talked then about people would ask you, um, for you to give them a spiritual name, is that mm. something that would that you would channel? And, and and what what would the process be with that? How would you do that? Yeah, well, it was kind of odd, but what started happening when I was giving people darshan was names, Sanskrit names would come to me, and it was it was a bit weird at first. And I was thinking, okay, I don't even know if these people want to know what this, you know, what's happening, or if they want. Name. to hear what their name is mm. and I didn't and I don't and if somebody would asked me I'd be like you're gonna have to look it up because I mean, don't know what it I am just gonna put it out there now that if you get something through for me now then I will look it up 
Yeah, good point there. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. carry on. I think you look like a Rufus. A Rufus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's the name is that's the name of Kathy's new dog. Right. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> wow, how bizarre. Name just popped in my head. Oh, there we go. We've got a name there, a dog's name, but uh, not a Sanskrit name. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Diane. We, no, we digressed. I think it's good to have a, a joke about these things. Yeah. So when I was seven, I was given a spiritual name by um, through Osho, and I carried it around with me for a long time. And when I was 19, I, I attempted get people to use it but nobody would so I gave up quite quickly um and then a few years ago when I had that spiritual experience in in 2013 it was very much about the dis the dissolution um of my identity uh, because there wasn't anyone to have an identity if that makes sense so yeah, your consciousness <clears throat> had merged with the divine hadn't it at that point yeah so so I ended up choosing uh, to use my spiritual name because it really made a lot of sense at that time to drop uh, any given names to me that I hadn't actually chosen and to re-identify with who I truly was rather than this idea of myself that I thought I was for a very long time and realised in that, those moments that that wasn't the truth of the matter that that was a, a you know a fabricated idea through thoughts, feelings, other people's thoughts and feelings and experiences and what I'd been called since you know I was very mm. young. Yeah. And what I'd come to also realise, and uh, I'll share this because I think it's really important, mm. is that when we're given a name, until the point where we're given a name, we are consciousness. We're part of everything, and it's only in those moments of being called the same name continuously and eventually we start to respond as, as babies to hearing that and then we start to see ourselves as identified with that and obviously then we form our uh, our formal identity yeah over those years but until that point of being named we are just simply consciousness because there's there's no identity there, there's mm. no idea of any identity. Yeah. If that makes mm. sense. Mm. So yeah. when when my identity was dropped, which might seem like a really strange concept to anyone listening, um, but this is the depth of spiritual awakening, is the identity drops and you recognize yourself as a part of everything. And I know that's mm. cliche, but this is this is the, the what happens and so we then recognize ourselves as just consciousness just pure consciousness with no nobody um and pure energy isn't it really yeah pure energy pure consciousness yeah no death because there is no death in that um because it's only the identity that can die as such um the, the yeah. spirit the essence of consciousness is eternal and this is the recognition is of the eternal self. So we want to even mention Christ here. He was, you know, and any spiritual teacher that has ever lived has always been about helping people to recognize themselves as the eternal consciousness that never lives and never dies. And, you know, is what we all are at the core of our being. Um, but due to the way that we are created and our ego and our that the the appearance of the mind in consciousness, mm. we disidentify with the truth of who we are. Mm. And uh, again, it starts as when we're very young, when we start, everything is named around. Condition, doesn't it? Names. Yeah, we get a name. All of a sudden, we have you no. Know, then judgments are formed because this is that. That's you know something else and so we're surrounded by all these things that have names and we our mind splits so it becomes separate and we start to separate ourselves from the whole and then we separate all our experiences and then we start to judge everything and judge ourselves and 
And then this is the kind of journey that we go on from a child into adulthood of this disem- disembodied um, it's process, uh, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, process of just seeing ourselves as, as separate, and you know, this is mine, this is me, and they're you know something else, and we're not connected. And I think this is one of the massive things in society that if people could see the truth of who they are and they could recognize that everybody around them is an, is another aspect of them and that we're all mirrors for each other and that yeah. we're all aspects of self, we're all aspects of the same thing in different forms, would then you... people would treat people very differently with that recognition. They would really start to see and think you know, more, what they do yeah. to someone else, they do to themselves. Yeah. Would you say instead of a name as we're familiar with, that there's a frequency and we're, we're all resonating at different frequency and connected to that frequency is a sound. So our actual truth could actually be a sound. Yeah. And so instead of a name like we would associate mm. with, maybe when we connect with our true essence, like you're saying, our true frequency, that mm. sound, and when we hear that sound or that pitch or that tone or that frequency, mm. opens up a whole new level of healing like you're describing there. So maybe this ties into actually sound healing. And, it does. And why we respond so. to it on mm. such a profound level because of we're remembering who we are. Oh, that's deep. It is deep, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, all of our chakras, all of all of our energy points in our bodies that run down the the front and back of our bodies, the chakras, they all Mm -hmm. have a sound, a frequency, a shape, geometric geometric shapes, um, sacred geometry, which is in everything. You know, everything is Mm. right down to the cells in our body, everything is is so magnificently designed and you know there is in the beginning of uh, the bible you know the world was was created with a word and the word is sound this is how i yes yeah yeah Yeah. i always i always go back to that in the beginning was the word and the word was sound Sound. Mm. yeah you said it much better than me so yeah so that and and Actually, what's also happened to me very recently is I I, uh, I acquired a drum a few years ago in 2020 yeah. from a friend of a friend who, who'd got cancer and was letting go of stuff. And that. So I ended up with this drum. And as soon as I started to play it, I started to sing. I'm not a singer by any wow. stretch of the imagination. But all these songs and sounds, um, and my, my dad had actually many years ago managed Deva Pramal and Mitten um, for 15 years. So I'd been around Sanskrit mantras for a mm. very long time. Mm-hmm. I'd got this Sanskrit name. So, but what happened more recently was that I, uh, I was given another drum um, a couple of years ago and I started to sing frequencies and I, because wow. I know quite a lot of people who are musicians and who, sing mm. who sing mantras i asked them about this because for me it was a very unusual experience and something i hadn't ever imagined again that i'd be doing and it comes through with the healing as well so now when i'm doing the darshan energy healing i'm also often singing people frequencies at the same time as mm. well as using my drum so they have quite a different experience Mm. and just to put this into context somebody did message me i think it was yesterday and said that she could still hear the sound that i sung to her last year sometime yeah festival so it's powerful stuff well you know i heard i read no i read it it's very powerful i read i read somewhere last year i don't know what book i was reading and it was and that was talking about us being given um and and especially at the minute as 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 we are evolving and changing we are being given more tones as well and new Mm. frequencies coming in absolutely i i also feel that you know we're getting more um 
light codes from the sun. Mm. Um, mm. When I'm doing the Darshan healing, I'm also helping to open up those codes within the DNA, which helps with the awakening process. All of these things combined are helping us raise the frequency of the planet, raise our consciousness, because essentially what is happening is we're going through a human evolution, but not in the sense of we're you know, evolving another head or another limb, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not happening that way. It's the spiritual revolution, yeah. mm, spiritual ev- the growth. evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And it's happening to as many people as, as it needs to happen to so that we can actually live in a very different way in a, you know, a higher frequency and to, so that we can rise above all these difficulties and challenges that have been created on earth. Yeah. yeah almost same. manifesting yeah. our very own heaven Reality. on earth. And do you know what? It's quite That's exactly it's, it. it's actually yeah. quite funny that both yourself, Deanne, and our previous guest have <laughs> talked about you've both you've both said now. the same thing. Yes. In, the, in the same evening mm. as well. Yeah. So it's a message needs to be heard. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's brilliant. I love Synchronicity. Yeah, yeah, fabulous. Fascinating stuff there. So you, obviously there's a lot going on there and has been for many years, as long as I've known you there. Um, yeah. And you've got events coming up as well. So can we go on to, <clears throat> to these now that are coming up? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I'm now running Mind Body Spirit events. Um, I had one in Old Sager in January. Yeah. And I've got one at the Nantwich Civic Hall on the 25th and 26th of March. Yeah. Got an incredible lineup of um, speakers, healers, um, exhibitors, and. Um, and also lots of readers as well, so people can have psychic readings and really, really tap into where it is, you know, the direction that they that they need to find in their mm. lives and yeah. um, the depths of who they are. And I'm really excited because what's also been happening is it's been bringing people from my network back together after years and years because mm. I've now got this platform to to host all these people in, yeah. in one place yeah. it's just it's phenomenal really great. i'm really excited mm. about it. and what a gift to give to the world as well by mm. doing that we're coming Absolutely. up yeah we're coming up as well to this uh, this one in march we are, mm. that's, are. That's, that's not what i was going to say though julie really <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna say, I got in there first <laughs> i was going to say we are coming up to our hour actually oh so so that has gone so quick so i'd like to ask you uh deanne where can people contact you right great question so people can find me on facebook uh my facebook page is elevate your mind um you can also find me on facebook as deanne g as well and i have another page which is um I think it's Darshan with Dianji. I can't even remember what my page is called. Um, <laughs> and you can also email me, Diane at elevateyourmind.life. And my website is um, elevateyourmind.life as well. And I've got the events listed on there and, and the speakers and the healers and everybody else. Marvellous. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, please. If you do feel drawn to connect with me, um, that would be wonderful. I will, um, we'll make sure yeah. that we have all your links on there on the podcast yeah. as well, Deanne. So thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so well, much for being with us. Yeah, I have been. thoroughly enjoyed Amazing. it. Amazing. Julie's enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Captivating. Yeah. Glenn's been captivated. I have. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. I really have. Thank yeah. you so God, much for God. I love doing things like this. I feel that it's so important to yeah. share these things. Definitely. Because there are people yeah. going through stuff that yeah. don't understand what's Thank happening you. to them. Okay. Lovely. We'll see you next time then. Thank you very much. Namaste. 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 Thank you for listening and continuing to support the Full Circle Podcast. Don't forget to find us.
us on our official Facebook page. Until next time, have a good time, all of the time.